0: Welcome to episode 11 of Project Cycling Podcast. In this episode, we spoke about the recent Queensland Road Team Series round and the Darren Smith Classic. It's two back-to-back weekends of racing in Queensland that have come to be known as probably two of the the most challenging and, well, I think the most fun weekends um, on the Queensland calendar. We also spoke about staying motivated through injury um due to well my my recent good performance and on, on the weekends um it was an interesting topic to to look at the journey um that I've been over in the last 10 months um we didn't have a, a lot of time to delve into that that topic um as I would like so we are planning on doing a, another episode in the in the very near future, um, and delving into motivation in general, and and how that applied to to staying motivated through injury. Um, so, you know, stay stay tuned for that one. And um, at the end, we we recorded this podcast on the evening of Paris Roubaix. So at the end, you also get to hear our quite terrible predictions of of how we thought the race would pan out. Um, I hope you enjoy. <laughs> QRTS last weekend, Gimpy. Yeah, that was that was a, that was a proper good weekend.
1: That's a, actually a really good round. I haven't raced up there before. I know it's well missed. Not last year there was no QRTS last year, but the year before there was no Gimpy, and the year before that it was on. I think it was good um, to go there. I really enjoyed that round.
0: Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's I was, and it was good to just be back doing a weekend away of racing. Like, yeah, that's that's the kind of stuff I've missed.
1: Yeah, and it is a you know a big weekend. You got the road race on the Saturday, and then the um, I like the hill sprints that they put in to try to bring that town atmosphere in, in the in the afternoon. I think um, it'd be good if if they go back there and they continue to grow that a bit because I think a couple of teams are not not hesitant, but you know maybe had to be sort of had a bit of bit of pressure put on them by the race organisers to to put two people up for that for that hill sprint com- competition. But it was a pretty good atmosphere in there. I, I enjoyed it. Bit of fun, you know? yeah, yeah. And who doesn't like racing when you know the loser gets a free beer coupon? I mean, that's all right. <laughs> I would have even put my hand up if they said there's a free beer in it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're so cheap. Yeah, I would have done it for half a
1: beer, really. Let's be honest. But uh, no, I think it's I, th- I think is really good. And then obviously the next day is another pretty big day with that team time trial, which is absolute junk. And then <laughs>
0: that, was, <laughs>
1: that was rubbish. <laughs> Um and then followed by the by the crit in the afternoon. That crit track's super cool.
0: Yeah, that's that's actually one of my favourite crit tracks we have in Queensland. Like we, we actually we don't seem to do a lot of like genuine street um style crits where there's a you know, there's a bit of technical element and, and this is like you can probably just get in there and have fun on your bike. Um, yeah. I think that location of it too, you know, they've they've done
1: that it goes around the old railway yard there. So, you've got the cafe, and there's all that. There's a fair bit of space. Everyone's pretty spread out. They can shut that whole road off. Like, it's a just the location of it's pretty cool. And then, you know, maybe we'll pull it apart a little bit later. But, you know, it's got that super fast back straight. And, you know, yeah, like you said, a bit of, bit of everything and, yeah, a, and yeah. genuine street crit. Oh, that's I, awesome. I didn't do a recon of the course. Almost plowed into the traffic island on that first lap. Where well, you come under the bridge, I'm like, "What's <laughs> if I'm moving?" Huh? <laughs> so. they're, they're, they're making way for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, they hear me coming. Must be because I was yelling on your right. <laughs> <So>. Keep left. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, how'd you go in the? You want to pull the elite? I had a bit of a bit of a shocker in the um, road race. Got a flat. Coming from the uh, the top of that KOM down on the way out, which was uh, according to my Garmin data, blew my front tire at seventy four point six. That was a good experience. Oh, they're the fun ones. Oh yeah, you know
0: the heart rate maxed out at that moment. I, oh, <laughs> I had a mad death
1: wobbling. you know you're trying to get some weight over the rear wheel. You're trying to slow down. You don't want to touch the front brake because. And I started looking around. I thought, well, where can I bail? That's going to be, you know, the best place to at least try to you know tuck and roll. There was nowhere that was good. Like,
0: the side of the road was covered in rocks and just went into a wall. The you know, bitumen, that, I think's probably the softest thing out that way. Yeah.
1: And, you know, the <laughs> diameter of the gravel, it's about four inches apiece. Oh, it's horrendous. So, But, um, yeah, so I had a bit of a <laughs> – and then chased for a little bit until I just finally, you
0: know, realized that it was never going to happen. So maybe you talk
1: through your race, which was a bit better.
0: Yeah, the elite race was kind of – I mean, first of all, the course was just one of those – grind at your soul courses where there was no climb that there's no climb you sat back and was like, oh yeah, that's the climb of the race. They had a KOM, but it was not that much harder than half the other climbs. Um but it was just thirty seven degrees of, of proper cooking in the hot box Um and yeah, it took it took a long time for any kind of break of of note to go. I think it was it was it was a good fifty or sixty K's before anything got more than than sort of twenty seconds, um, and then that that uh, was that was like a group of it would have been about six or seven riders, um, which I missed, uh, and um, I think they had Liam Walsh, Jesse, Ewart, Connor Reardon. um I was Hamish McKenzie, one of the Tassie boys who's in town at the moment. Um, I can't remember the names. of The other two, I think Ryan Thomas was in there, and there was another ARA. But yeah, um, oh Declan's eyes was the other Ara, um, and it got out to about a minute, and then the bunch sort of got the got the got their stuff together, and we we brought it back to it was, it was twenty seconds, like we were proper on top of the break. Um, that was twenty five k to go, and then the bunch just proper shut things down and let the gap blow back out again for. I don't know, I think everyone was just cooked. Um, So I didn't want to sit around and watch the race disappear up the road. So I went on the front foot and ended up going away with um, Ollie Jones. Um, Sorry, Ollie Stenning. And we just started picking riders up from that front group. We are just catching the odd rider. But yeah, the race just blew to bits. Like the heat over those hills just ended up like I think the biggest group was like five or six riders at the end of the day. Um yeah. because yeah, we rolled out at eight in the morning or something like you yeah, know, pretty early. And
1: I got back and I was sunburnt. Like it was it was like you said, it was hot and you guys rolled out what at like
0: ten ten thirty or something? Yeah, that sounds about right. It was yeah. like middle of the day heat.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. I just remember I just remember getting in the car thinking, then Gold and not starting now and then I waved goodbye to you and drove, <laughs> <laughs> drove away in the air kind of. so but um I, I had a look at because um, uh, I raced it obviously in the Masters and there was there was somebody disqualified for um, sitting on the top tube, you know essentially yeah, yeah. A super tuck, and you know, I don't have a particular problem with that. But then when I looked at the elite race, somebody was just docked points and fined for
2: it.
0: Yeah, I'm yeah, like, Ben
2: in Ben's race,
0: well, they were they were they were given uh, they were given five minutes. Yeah, yeah. It was they were given only five on GC, and, it wasn't on the. No, was on the stage as well. Um.
2: No, because they had a look. They still got <coughs> their um, championship medal and stuff like that for the states.
0: Yeah, okay. I wasn't. So I, it was just I on. Got...
2: It was just on GC. So still, which was yeah, the inconsistencies. The the bit one guy gets disqualified, the, yeah. the other guy still gets your stage finish, but you just lose five minutes on GC, and the team lose a few points.
1: Oh, you'd have to be like if you were the one who got DQ'd, you'd have to be pretty filthy,
2: and
0: and
1: and rightly so.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think the, I guess the takeaway message is just don't sit on your top tube. But yeah, not you know, not yeah, an
1: issue when you end up fifteen minutes off the back after blowing a tire. So, <laughs> <laughs> but
0: yeah, DQ's pretty rough for that, isn't it?
1: Yeah, well, you know, if you're gonna if you get a DQ people for it and be staunch on it, then I don't have any particular problem with it. But if um two races later, somebody's not getting the same treatment. Like I can't see there being, correct me if I'm wrong here, but I can't see there being two different rules for elite and for masters.
2: The only thing I could think of, I'm, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they did get a championship medal and maybe they just gave him the medal before they realized and they're just like, yeah, I'm not taking the medal off somebody. I'm not ringing them up saying, come back and give me your medal.
0: Mm. Um, the, the only thing I would say is in that situation, it is different commissaires applying the rule. Um, and there is, you know, for most rules, the the like the amount of punishment you get is quite often up to the commissaire. There's not a always a set, um, you know, like you break this rule, you get this punishment. There's there's a there is a bit of wiggle room in there. So I don't know how bad it was. Look at you jumping into the jumping the defence of the elite riders and just hanging the poor <laughs> old masters out to dry. Well, it's, I, don't, I don't know what happened, but I'm just, uh, I'm just, trying, to, just trying to give the commas a bit of a defense. Yeah. Oh, no,
1: I get it. Just, you know, <clears> when you read it on paper and you're right, you know, you're not, we're not there, we're not seeing exactly what
2: the situation was. And, yeah, the other person, one could have, you know, and I've almost done it in a race where you go, just a habit to sit on the top tube and you pull yourself off. So maybe it's a bit of someone does it and two seconds later going, oh shit, I shouldn't have done that versus somebody doing it repeatedly time after time yeah. or for a long period of time.
1: The whole descent or something like yeah. that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It just It was just interesting, you know. You read it at the end of the race in the results. So,
0: yeah, interesting stuff. But Yeah, but to, yeah, to finish that off, I think... Well, I ended up... There was... I come into the finish. There were five from the break who held on and uh, Declan Chazais took the win. That um, Hamish McKenzie was second and Liam Walsh was third. I think I'm not looking at the list, I'm just going off a week's memory. But um yeah, and then we I came in with um Ollie Stenning and Riley Fleming um for the most anticlimactic sprint I've ever been in. Where <laughs> I dropped my chain and um Riley pulled his foot and <laughs> So who won, the drop chain or the pulled foot? Uh Riley. Riley definitely got me with that so one. So a pulled um, foot
2: beats a drop chain? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see your drop chain and I'll raise you. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. That would have been funny to watch. Oh, yeah. I'm actually annoyed we don't have video footage (laughs) have to throw up somewhere.
1: Yeah. Oh, moving on to the next day, like, you know, like I said, we had the hill hill sprints in the afternoon, which are probably more a novelty than anything, but um, the time trial in the morning. Now, I'm going to bring it up because this is a decision I know we made and I know some other teams made as well to ride road bikes over that course. Um, And there's I think, different opinions on that. And I know we've mucked around Trent and, you know, plugged weights and, and that into, you know, had a look at the data and the power numbers and that and tried to come up with whether or not there was an actual, you know, and, and admittedly, data can not necessarily always reflect it accurately. But I suppose let's go around the table. And what's your thoughts on TT bikes, Trent, versus roadies over a course that has, you know, at 27 kilometres has 600 metres of elevation.
2: Well, I actually put this in the best bike split, which is – very accurate. Like it's pretty accurate. Like I even put all your details in, and it what, wasn't, body, what body weight did it give me? Wasn't too far off. <laughs> I've got access to your training peak, so I know exactly what you're doing. But even like I've used it with my own time trials and other people's I coach, and it's generally within a few seconds.
0: It's astoundingly accurate. It's to crazy
2: be accurate, and you can even do mocks on the road and swap swap your road bike to your time trial bike, and it picks it up and it's accurate. So I put your team in with the speed they done. And it said there's about a minute difference. So it said a TT bike on that course would have gave you guys about a minute quicker. So yeah. Based on that, I would say TT bike hands down. And you might lose like, what? Weight doesn't make that much of a difference of the TT bike. And that's really what you're going to lose. Because I'm assuming you're probably going to be climbing in the hoods anyway. So like weight would have been a, But it's just coming back off the hills. Like you can go... 10 20k an hour quicker on a tt bike coming off the hills.
0: Well, I think that's that's the key thing there, like, and, and a big part of the Why I went like, well, we went full tt bikes was the the starting and finishing at the same elevation. Like, this wasn't uh, some something where we you know went out and they did some big climb where we don't come down the other side, like, everything we went up, we did come down the other side of. Um, and, and, you know, I
1: rode it and you obviously rode it. In hindsight, I would say there was only definitely one, maybe two climbs that I think you would have been held back on, on a, like lost time on the TT. I think, you know, obviously the climb at the turnaround coming back, that's not a bad climb. It's I think about six minutes or seven minutes or something like that. So I think you can climb that better on a road bike. I, I, I think I could. And maybe on the way out, there was like one climb that was you know half alright, a half alright climb, but everything else I don't think, I don't think it sort of detriment, would detriment you too much being on TT. What's your thoughts?
0: Well, my my, my big thing was like <coughs> you're right in the sense that the big downfall for a TT bike is just the weight, um, and most TT bikes, especially when you compare it to, you know, most people are rocking around on a, you know, seven and a half kilo disc yeah. brake especially with disc bike, brake these, these brake days brake like, on my
1: tarmac 7.9 or something like that yeah that's, yeah you know. exactly
0: so it's we're not really comparing you know the old school like everyone's at 6.8 half the bunch is at 6.5 because no one's checking yeah. anyway Um, <laughs> <laughs> and um, no like the weight difference isn't massive but like we averaged 41 um, and like that's pretty quick over that course for that sort of elevation oh mm. it was proper hard but mm. like that at that speed, like anyone who's ridden a TT bike knows that you'd want to be on a TT bike, um, mm-hmm. and I think the other big thing is just how comfortable you are climbing on it too. Like I think it gets into a lot of people's heads trying to trying to do a climb on the TT bike, um, but
2: at um, the same time too, for a team time trial, it's not like an individual one. You generally don't go full send on the hills. You you're normally holding that little bit back because you're looking you're getting that group up. So even being a team time trial would make me more go bring out the time trial bikes because, or only, even if one person's digging in, going up the hill, it's only one person because you're going to that third, fourth, fifth, or however many riders you're trying to keep together. It's just that one person where the others are going to be (coughs) holding, holding stuff back. Well, and probably leads in a little bit to that second, to the second um, topic on that
1: time trial was you saw a couple of teams that had stronger complements or full complements. Um, I think Fratelli had eight riders. Um, we rolled out with five and finished with three. So, you know, you lose. I think that hurts you a lot too. Like I think if oh, you've got yeah, a strong massively. team and you can keep four or five riders together within, you know, with three quarters of the course under your belt. You know, I look at Entrago. they came back, I, I'll stand corrected. I think they, they finished with four, but they come past us, I think, with five riders and they were they were motoring, you know
2: and, yeah the, we'll and the, yeah the thing is too like team time your vo you go kind of like vo2 on the front and then you swing off you come back and you get that rest so more riders you have is longer rest yeah before so you can go longer into that vo2 state yeah and just that, yeah more riders is advantage.
1: well we did half of it with three and <clears throat> i said this to ben that you, you you'd on the front and roll off and basically you're almost back on the front yeah,
2: again. so you're not getting any rest you <clears throat>
0: Well that that was a big thing with that course right it was like the, the teams that did well de- deserved to do well because like because it was the slow hard section early on and the finish was like the last 10k was just so fast because yeah. it was like rolling downhill um and like so the having the numbers at the back end was where the, the, the massive advantage would have been and you just need to have a team with a lot of depth to still have good numbers after doing all that climbing as well. And discipline to probably even let a
2: few seconds slide on the hill and keep a rider knowing that you can pull that time back with that extra rider. Like you don't need to panic and mm. go that five all seconds. in on one hill and just blow your whole team and go down the three and be like, oh, okay, now we're... Yeah,
1: that five seconds you might lose might be 10 seconds advantage by having them on the back end of that course, so to speak. Yeah.
2: And even circling back what we were saying before with the weight, that's one thing I think a lot of cyclists, and especially um, amateur cyclists, probably worry about a little bit too much because like I've done a fair bit of modelling, even just out of my own curiosity. And most of us know the West Mount Cotton Road is a 1.2k climb on that road. And if you put on, I think it's about 900 grams or add 900 grams to your bike, that's three seconds. But if you add three watts, that's nine seconds. So, you almost like the weight, almost a kilo of weight is going to make hardly any difference, but three watts is going to make a lot more difference. Like if you go in almost a kilo heavier, but put out three
0: watts more, you're still going to be like six seconds Mm -hmm. quicker. Power to weight always comes first. Like power comes first in the power to weight equation. Well, I can't remember who it was,
1: but it was uh, one of the world tour riders. And he, I was listening to a podcast and he was speaking about so often in his early career, people were into him about being lean, about being light and all that sort of stuff. And he ended up putting on something ridiculous, like five or six kilos or something, and brought up to what he felt was a heavy, you know, a healthier weight. And same thing, his power went up like you know, 20 watts or whatever. So the the offset of being heavier and having a better power power base, didn't detriment him anyway in those climbs in fact he performed better
0: oh uh, yeah definitely
2: yeah. power power is just is really what comes first you don't want to lose too much power and pros I think people get more caught up because pros talk about it a lot more but you got to remember a lot of these guys have squeezed the most out of their mm. body their goal isn't to be stronger it's to be just as fit as the year before so they look for other elements to try and they go well I cannot get more out of my legs so if I can save. 200 grams body weight. That's an advantage. Where for the average amateur, we can get more out of our legs. Like, or we, we can, can.
1: Or we can lose five kilos. Most people without even, you know, losing power. You know, well, not all of us. I mean, you yeah. obviously can't. But you know, <laughs> yeah, I can. You know, but I, you know, yeah, I could drop. Even most of the guys rolling around in masters and that, you could lose two, three, four kilos fairly comfortably without having any negative impact on
2: your power output. Oh, definitely. I think, um yeah, it depends who you are and and that. But even I know, like, if I sometimes might have a couple of drinks a week, if I drop that, that'll drop two kilos and that's no power loss. Like, it's just alcohol, basically.
0: Yeah. I think I, 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 I'm I never, to be honest, I'm never a big fan of comparing, like, using the pros, like, this is what the pros do. So, amateurs should do it because, like, yes, there's a lot that you can learn from the pros. Like, it's but not everything they're doing translates to like you're talking three week grand tours with the best in the world doing like hour long mountain climbs and then to like one to one and a half hour races up what's generally relatively like a lot smaller climbs. Like there is some things that like the basics do translate across a lot, but um, yeah, like,
1: Almost everything they're doing is different to us, like riding wise and race wise, <clears throat> training wise, rest wise. Yeah, yeah, like you're they're not a- comparing apples and apples. No, no. We both got bikes. <laughs> Let's leave it
2: <laughs> at that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so TT bikes are this. Two two votes for TT bike, one vote for road bike. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh, hey, I didn't. I didn't.
2: Like it. I'm just. You, you rode a road bike. That's your vote. Your <laughs> <left in. laughs> like I said, we weren't the
1: only team who made that decision. to Ride road bikes, but um, it's yeah, and and it, it's too late now. But I would like to ride it. You no, know, next time on a TT because I think, you know, you got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Basically, I don't think you're gonna be that much slower anyway. Up uphill.
0: Well, I think to be honest, I think like looking at the results, like ARA rode ro- all road road bikes and won, and I think. That's not to go against what I said, but I think the depth of their team far outweighed any road bike versus time trial bike. Yeah. And um, when you're only looking
2: at a minute difference on that course, like those guys, solid squads, you know, they're based in Queensland. So most of their top, top guys are here and could start. That they, yeah, they, they're they a weapon at the best of time. Mm. They can probably give away a minute and like we said, still win.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Mm. Oh, it was good, though. saw a lot of, um, you know, definitely through the Masters, you saw a lot of guys there have really strong team rides and really strong performances. It was good to see. So there's some very, very healthy competition there, that's for sure. And, you know, likewise with the elite. And um, I didn't actually, I'm embarrassed to say, I didn't actually go and um, dig into what the um, women's times were. But um, they definitely, uh, definitely from the ones we saw, a couple coming back on the way in, they looked like they were coming back in pretty Pretty speedy. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's there's
0: definitely some some good women's teams in there.
1: Yeah, well, I saw that afternoon too with the uh, the crit kicking off, and I was actually fortunate enough to watch the most of the um, uh, most of the women's crit. And yeah, I think every time I'm sort of not not surprised, but it's great to see. I think every every race I go to now, it seems to be the field is just getting stronger and stronger in the in the women's women's racing.
0: Yeah, yeah i um that the that like especially the the crit was the race I'd, i yeah uh, as well I saw, you know, more of I just didn't really see any of their racing over the the times were just opposite schedules or yeah. weekend. But um no the crit was cool to watch. Yeah. And um I was saying to I can't
1: remember who I might have actually been saying to yourself on the tom or, or Brett Lutz maybe and I said, Some of the kits that they're rocking out too are super funky. I said, I'd rather um should take a leaf out of their books. They reckon their kids are awesome at the moment. There's a number of teams there that really, are really standing out when the um, when the group goes by. That's good. Good weekend, Gimpy.
2: You go back there? I will.
1: Yeah, probably
0: not to see the sights, but I go back. <laughs> <on
1: there. laughs> well, we actually stayed at Noosa Head, so we spent probably a bit too much time driving to and from. So next time I would mind staying a bit closer if we can. But you know, we had a great weekend. It was really good. And um, shout out, I suppose, to Gimpy Regional Council too for putting those on, those events on, because, you, know, um, you know, as we know, road permits and that are getting harder and harder yeah. to get, and you just can't do them without, without a council
0: um, working really, really tightly with race organisers to, get, you know, to make those happen. Yeah, like that crit, like it wasn't in the centre of town, but it was pretty close to it. Yeah. Like we, weren't, we weren't out in the sticks or anything. No, no, that's what I said. Right, I thought it was a cracking location. We yeah. went up to the
1: cafe there and I don't know if you got up there and got a coffee but that old, old railway that they've converted into a cafe is
2: awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's no, awesome.
2: Yeah, and no. um, coming off QRTS, we then had Darren Smith which this ben, weekend this weekend, just done with a few hours. Ben's half cooked here with his eyes in the back of his head.
0: Yeah, if I go sleep in a few hours, it's <laughs> we'll go so quiet, not, it's because I'm asleep. You're not staying up to watch a pair of <laughs> I'm going to try. We'll see how we goes. <laughs> it's Harry
2: go. Reba, you can't miss it. Yeah, yeah. But, um, so you done the crits yesterday? Yeah. Which you got the win?
1: Winner, winner, chicken dinner.
2: Yeehaw, Ben's back. Yeah, I saw
1: that finish you posted up on Instagram. That was, uh, I know when we spoke on the phone, you said you almost got pipped and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah he's
0: talking it up. But no, you almost got yeah. pipped. I literally almost got pipped. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was like, that was a, I love doing midday races at Luke Harrop. Um, like uh for those who haven't r- raced there or seen the course, like on a sunday morning it's it's basically an outdoor velodrome in that it's it's just like super fast hot mix mm-hmm. there's a bridge over the course um that does function as a bit of a a very small downhill, but other than that, yeah there's not much to it, but it is just so open that once once you get after midday. It's it's proper windy, yeah, yeah. The wind can be absolutely brutal there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was, but in, in saying that, that was probably the only time I've, I think that's the only time I've ever done a windy race there, and the breakaway, like the race, just wasn't decimated um, by a breakaway. So, um, it was, yeah, it was fun, and so it was windy. It was windy, but I'm saying that was the only time of like, like I'm a talking of kick, when, when it's, yeah, like previously when it's been windy that like three or four guys have just lapped the field yeah, and there's been almost no bunch for them to lap. They just basically pass, and it, pass everyone until everyone pulls out kind of thing. But um, this was still, well, aside from myself and Jesse off the front was, and we were only, you know, 50 meters off the front or something. Um, was a bunch sprint behind.
1: All all stayed together pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're right though, it is a super fast. Yeah. yeah. And it's wide, you know, you can rail
0: through those corners pretty pretty quick. Well, that's why I honestly can't believe how Jesse almost caught me. So like for those who um, didn't see it, like it was with the way the course was, there's that that bridge I'm talking about gives you a bit of a ramp, uh, like to wind your speed up and... With the way the wind was going, that, that bridge was about 900 meters to go and it was almost all tailwind until 400 meters to go into a crosswind. So across um, that bottom end, you had a tailwind
1: basically like almost like a southeasterly. Yeah, yeah. yeah,
0: and I did. That move was actually something I, I thought, I, was, I knew I'm not going to win the sprint. Um, so I thought, oh, if it's together, I'm going to do a runner pretty much from the bridge thinking because I did notice earlier in the race that you could go so fast through the tailwind and if you hit the corner into the finish fast even though you were punching into a crosswind you could you could hold the speed for the full length of the straight once you turn into the headwind was a different story but Mm. um, yeah you could you could make a dash to the finish so I thought I was just going to try and do a runner basically wind up onto the bridge and just just try and get away and I ended up, the plan went out the window a bit and saw an opportunity and did the last two. So, from like two and a half laps to go off the front with one other rider. And yeah, as we, we got caught, well, we didn't quite get caught. Like the bunch came right up behind us at the bridge and then stopped. And I thought, uh, at first, I thought the day was done. But when the bunch sort of just stopped and they were all looking at each other, I just sort of counterattacked myself and pinned the ears back. Yeah, well, I mean, it helped that I had um, 55 tooth chainring on and proper, just rounded <laughs> up in in that tailwind. Um, and I don't know how just je- like, because I had a proper gap pretty quick, m- mostly because it took a little bit for everyone to react. But then I checked and I averaged 55 k an hour from for that last 900 meters from the, from bridge, the bridge, basically it. to the finish. And I don't know how he rode across that and like there was about. 30 centimetres in it between yeah, us yeah. He, yeah, was was been doing he must have been doing like 60 plus an hour yeah,
1: yeah he definitely come up hard on you in that last 100 <laughs> metres didn't he and I just went oh <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It, it, it's deceptively long that finish too like a lot of you see a lot of times even at club races there and that people go early mm-hmm. coming into that finish straight and and then all of a
0: sudden like, oh, oh I've still got 200 to go yeah. <laughs> alright yeah it's a proper like 400 metres straight yeah. yeah
2: and then we had the road race today so you won this race last year wasn't a different course and it was pre-crash how was it lining up again
0: I mean I was I, to be honest I was like it was really cool to just be turning up and pinning like number one on, on the jersey um, but I, I wish it was on the old course today <laughs> was so much harder like so much harder than last year
2: well the old course wasn't that I like, had one hard hill but if you took deleted that hill out of the course there wasn't that much else to it. Like, there's a few yeah, little rollers, yeah. like... <clears throat> but, yeah, this this one was just kind of, like... It's been, I think, over 10 years since i raced on the course. I didn't do today, but um, it's just... By memory, it's just up and down the whole way. There's no... You don't really get much flat or rest.
0: Yeah, pretty much. And, like, I think what made today worse was it was another hot one. It's been cool again all week and then just rammed up again into the weekend. So, it was... I think my Garmin said it was like thirty-five or something on the start, and it was also it was windy again. So the only bit of flat on the course was into a proper crosswind. Um, so there's just there was just no there was no easy road or hiding or anything today.
1: Well, what well, tell the uh, tell the lovely listeners your power data for the first couple
0: of hours. Yeah, so for the f- <laughs> for the first uh, it was almost two hours. It was like an hour. 49 or something when I about that when I checked and I had my normalized power had been 335 (coughs) sitting in the bunch like yeah I'd rolled a few turns and chased a few attacks but I'd I'd been trying to keep my nose clean and and not do much like there were guys who had been in the break and doing doing it much harder than me you'd hate to think what their what their numbers were oh yeah yeah it's crazy yeah like it was it was just such a hard day. Like it just felt like it was. There was no moment where you could just go, ah, yeah, we're we're gonna chill out now, and yeah, and and like it was it was one hundred and thirty k, and it was at the seventy k mark. I was cramping up, thinking, oh, this is a long way to go, to to be cramping now, <laughs> and and yeah, because it was pretty much when I say sorry when I say that first, what hour fifty was. Normalized three thirty five that was before the race kicked off like, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> what are the what are the roads like out there too It's just potholes i don't they I don't think there is any bitumen it's just a series of potholes but um yeah so it it was yeah, it was just one of those hard hard days and like when I said I was cramping up like I, th- I thought my day was done and then there was an attack and um and I almost got dropped on the climb from the from the couple of others that were there but um I sort of chased my chase my way back on the downhill and then got there and at first I thought oh if there's another one of those i'm I'm proper done and I looked over my shoulder and that was it the six of us was that was the bunch um and so yeah I wasn't the only one feeling it. Yeah, obviously uh, yeah, hurting hurting some other people. <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. Thankfully. <laughs> so where'd you end up
0: overall, was it fifth overall? Yeah, I was fifth. So um it ended up uh Jesse Ewart won by like three minutes. He just honestly he was on a whole other level today. Like yeah. I, I I'm genuinely astounded with with how, how much time he put into us. And he was he didn't he did well, it would be the last like 40k solo in like into that wind and over the hills and that it was just was proper impressive and like the bunch was just broken when he went and the moment when he attacked was just like he got out of the seat and went and everyone kind of just looked at him and went anyway yeah, And f- fair call mate <laughs> <laughs> if you want to do that you can have it <laughs> Anyone going to
1: chase that? No, nah, I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but that must give you, like after the year that you've had, coming back from obviously a very significant crash and a lot of surgery, a couple of surgeries, a lot of physio and a lot of um, like, a lot of behind the stuff, and behind the scenes stuff and rehab that people probably don't haven't noticed, that must give you a fair bit of confidence in coming out of two pretty good weekends.
0: Yeah, yeah, like it it seriously has. Um i I genuinely didn't think I'd be coming out doing this. Like that last weekend was my first like out of Gympie was my first state open since the crash. And I've yeah, I've done a couple of club races, but you know, doing you know, one hour local crits are, are very different to these proper road races and stuff. And yeah, and most of those local crits too, let's be
1: honest. There's varying degrees of you know rider ability in there you know going back and riding in an open elite races a different oh you know, yeah yeah a different um you know competition base
0: yeah 100% and yeah I'm, I'm i'm over the moon to be able to do be able to do that like i mean i was i've i've been stoked just to be able to go out and enjoy riding my bike but to be able to yeah do what i love and turn up and be competitive in races like that's yeah i'm i'm still quite blown away by it, to be honest
2: Cause that crash was December last year, so that's ten months turnaround. And how's the injury going? Because I think last time I was, we were talking about it, it's still you still got a bit of a hole in the bone. It?
0: Yeah, so it's like I broke two. So I broke my kneecap um, and my tibia, and the kneecaps pretty good now. Like that's there's there's a chance of some long term consequences from it things like arthritis and that and it clicks every now and then but for the most part my knee's pretty good um the the tibia is a very different story it's still well still three pieces um it is starting to heal i had an x-ray just the other week and there is you know the promising signs that you want to see are there but it's still very much being held together um by the rod that's in there
2: Does that make you? Do you you ever think about that when you're racing? Does it ever cross your mind, especially in a race like Darren Smith where they do mix grades and abilities?
0: Um, it it does a little bit, but not too much. In like, I am aware that if I crash, I'm still like I'm still pretty vulnerable to damage. Um, but it's. I mean, I like to think that the upside is there's a rod in there holding things together. So. <laughs> it's reinforced, mate. It's reinforced. <laughs> Talk about the
2: kneecap. I mean, they're like your tonsils. You don't really need them. <laughs> Science, bro. Like, yeah, even like... That's one thing I didn't love about that Darren Smith race last year. It's just like... I know that this year was a little bit better. They separated a bit more because last year they put three different abilities in one group. Mm. But because everyone's a bit different. Like you're riding some people and they started fusing you because you're getting too close and you're like well if I can ride between you so it's that's not cl- that's all right then you get like the A graders are going up the B graders because they're not riding close enough like get closer so I can move up on the inside like it's
0: mm. yeah that wasn't I mean it was smaller this year because like yeah it was just two grades together Um, um, but to be honest it wasn't a problem because it was so hard that it was like it was down to 15 guys pretty quick
2: yeah, no, I think that was a bit more of a problem with the old course as well because there was only one kind of two-minute hard section and then the rest was easy per lap. So it's like everyone knew the the lower grades were like, oh, I want to start the front. And then the A grades like, well, I don't want to get caught behind you. So just coming into that hill like on the old course, it's just yelling and screaming at each other every lap kind of, you go to the back, you go to the front.
0: Yeah, and there were there was just a few like downhill tied corners and stuff on the old course where this one... This one was is pretty safe, right? I mean, the only thing you had to watch out for were the enormous potholes that yeah would pop up, but they were the um, Gold Coast Club were were really good with you know painting on the road and making them pretty easy to spot. It's good to see they're really trying to turn that event
2: around and bring. Because when I used to like when they first when I first remember that event it was kind of just like an endurance crew that in the ring. So when I'd done it the first few times, it was just like Hundred minutes around the ring, or something, in forty degree heat, something stupid like that. Where it is really good how they're trying to make it into a, a long, tough, hard mm-hmm. road race. I see this year too; they've brought in, I think, Bear Construction, sponsor
1: that was a major sponsor for the event this year. So I think it's it seemed to have a little bit of an
0: injection of health into it. Yeah, yeah, they they like they are. I mean, it was it was kind of ruined a bit. Their, their plans by the border closures and everything. But the original plan was for it to be tagged on the back of a string of NRS races as well. So, you know, with the aim that a few of the teams would hang around. Um, Bolster those numbers in there. Yeah, yeah. I, don't th- I just don't think that
2: event is ready for that considering they still mix grades, I feel like. You don't want a bunch of NRS guys with a bunch of B graders who can't quite corner as quick as them, as fast as them. And even from that flip side, there is that bit of a development barrier because that, you know, what do we say, 17 to 28, 30 categories where most people do quit the sport, essentially going from we've got a beginner grade, if you first start riding, or pros. There's nothing in the middle by doing what they do. So, I mean, it'd be good if they can do that, but I think their priority probably moving forward would be just get a, a great local event, get all the grades catered for properly. And then bring in yeah, that's even more line.
1: pros. I suppose, though, you bring in another <clears throat> 15, 20 NRS riders, let's say, then really you're probably looking at having the numbers as splintering off Elite A by itself anyway at that, at that level. You'd like to, well, you'd like I to hope so. Because so, I think there was, what, 30, it was 35, 35 there. Yeah. So you had another 20 on top of that. Yeah, that should be a solo a standalone start. There's no reason to have to mix grades at that, those numbers,
2: I wouldn't imagine. Yeah, to be honest, I think even with the numbers they've got now, they could just about separate the races. They could. And like B grade is low there and Masters B is low there, but that's just low because they mix it. Um, well, I did actually spoke to uh, one of the boys who races Masters A
1: today and one of his comments about it was on the back of mixing grades, he says A it was a really hard race, like, as you've already alluded to. He said, made harder though by the fact that you've got B-graders dropping wheels in front and you then have to have all those surges to come around and fill those gaps all the time. So yeah. constantly, if you do that 20 times during a race, has an impact on has an impact on you as well.
2: Oh, and that probably would have happened in Ben's race. I'm sure there might have been one or two A-graders caught out just because they got caught behind four B-graders going backwards at, at times.
0: Yeah, there was, but I also I felt like there was... Also a good point there, where the the difference between some of the good B graders and A isn't isn't that big either. Like pretty small. Yeah, well, there's one of the B graders was just about hopping on the podium in the A. He was yeah. He, When you're yelling at him, you know, are you sure you're in the right grade? Oh, we were giving him (laughs) so much shit (laughs) on the last
2: lap. (laughs) You have no right to be here. I mean, and that's one thing I guess that mixing grades does highlight and you always get the few people that shouldn't be in a grade. And even like I've – because I've over the last few years have stepped back to B grade and there's definitely guys I look in there going like – I see the amount of work that they're doing. And I'm like, if you can do like 75% of work and still win a race, like you are probably in the wrong grade.
0: It's a hard one though, because... It's a big jump. It's a big jump from B to A. Mm.
2: Oh, definitely. Like the elite men don't have enough grades. And I think that is probably one of the underlining (coughs) reasons why it's most people drop off and don't stay through those grades. I mean, I know they're at that age too where people like your teenagers and early 20s people kind of discovering themselves and what they want to do with life. But I feel like we, ha- like Masters, from Masters D to Masters A is equivalent from Elite C to Elite B. So Masters have four grades where the Elite only have two and then you've just got Elite A who's on another planet way off on the other spectrum. Like it is a, a big ability spread in three grades. Well, I think in Elite you, even even from Elite C to
1: Elite B, still a pretty decent. Oh, jump. it's
2: massive! Like there's you know? there's guys in Elite C I know that are equivalent to Masters D riders. I know mm. when they do club races on Gold Coast, Mars and stuff, they're on the same par as Masters D. And then you got guys in Elite B who are putting out some pretty solid numbers. And on well, what what is it now? Forty five to race Masters D. So
1: if you're not forty five, you've got to race Elite C, don't yeah, you? Yeah,
2: yeah. If you're it might even be 50, I think. Yeah, now I,
1: no, I think it's 45, and I think Masters C was 40.
2: Yeah, it might be.
1: Yeah. So, you know, that 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 changing did flatten out some of those. You know, moved, it, it did result in some movement through those grades, I reckon. Pushed some people back who were previously racing Masters D, and that pushed them
2: back into Elite yeah, C. Yeah, well, some did go from Masters D to Elite C. Yeah. Which, um... But, oh, it... it it's not up it's to us right. to fix the grading problem.
0: To be honest, I think, to go back to today's race, though, I think, to a certain extent, the grading system became quite irrelevant given the course was catered to about five riders in every each race.
1: <laughs> 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 and I, I saw that when I looked at the times. With the exception of Elite C, they had a, a fair bunch finish, but it seemed to be just about every other grade just got decimated and came across in like, you know, one or two riders, then two minutes back, three minutes back, four minutes back. And I think
2: part of that for Elite C was they were the first ones out, so it wasn't as hot when they left. They probably only had last 30Ks in the heat, where they would have got a fair chunk of the racing under their belt before they really started the struggle. And heat takes a massive, massive... Huge. like You, you literally knock fair chunk of, of your FTP off of what you're actually capable of.
1: I think it's good, though, if you're a rider who doesn't mind riding in the heat. Like, to be honest, I actually don't mind riding in the heat. It's maybe from living up north for so long or whatever, you know, it doesn't particularly worry me. I'm not saying it doesn't have an effect on performance because, you know, it affects everyone's performance. But some people, like the cold, genuinely hate riding in the heat, You know, regardless of whether or not it's an easy ride or a hard ride or whatever. They just, you know, I hate, I don't hate, but we've discussed I'm not a fan of the cold. Some people just hate riding in the heat.
2: Yeah, and you can train that too, though heat like heat adaptation training does work. And yeah, that sounds like fun. Oh, you, you're a shift worker; <laughs> you do it all the time. But um, there's even studies suggesting that if you're not racing at altitude, training that and and racing in hot weather potentially heat adaptation is better for you than than bothering with altitude training.
1: I know there's a fair bit of that. <clears throat> Excuse me, um, a fair few of those athletes coming into Tokyo did quite a bit of heat training and. Um, you know, with the anticipation of not only the heat but the humidity as well.
0: Yeah, well, that's that's a big thing. Like you've, when you're doing heat training, you, you do want to be training for the kind of heat you're going to be getting because humidity is is a pretty big factor. Mm. And I think that was something that, especially when you're looking at a lot of the European pros or even the, you know, ones from countries that are humid but they basically live in Europe now. Um, yeah, getting back into some of that humidity action is is pretty important.
1: Yeah yeah riding in humidity is brutal like just feels like nothing evaporates off you you know it feels like you can't dissipate that heat just feels like everything hangs on you the whole time that's how i feel when i'm riding it anyway you know yeah
0: yeah like i don't i'm i'm one of those people who's not a big fan of the heat um but today i don't mind today because it was yeah it wasn't humid it was just Mm, hot dry yeah
2: see how you used to love it more like when yeah, I was cooked. When I was racing A like A grade, <laughs> most of my big results came on hot days. But then when I do think about it, I didn't work in Aircon. I didn't have Aircon at home. I did do a lot of rides during the middle of the day. So it's just probably because I was just stupid and used to it. Now I have Aircon house. I work in Aircon. <laughs> I and don't I'm, ride after seven AM. <laughs> yeah, and I'm and I'm soft. So if I'm doing the shift work, I go into the spare bedroom, crank the aircon to seventeen degrees and do my training ride and you need to be like me, mate. You need your your
1: riff set up in the shed with one <laughs> twenty five dollar Kmart pedestal fan.
0: <laughs> Mop bucket at the ready for when you're done. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, that's a- it, to be fair, today was I, I there was a point there today where I wasn't sure whether it was just that hot or whether I'd died and gone to hell <laughs> at one point in the race because we were riding through like forest um like bushfires uh-huh. there in the race as well. <laughs> It was proper toasty up, up. yeah, just, just past the finish. Well, I made the throwaway comment the other day, oh, I wish I was racing. But
1: after you've given a recap of the race, I'm probably pretty glad I was working today. <laughs> <laughs> Saved the annual leave day for another day. <laughs> that's right. Well, we got um, a couple of QRTS um, round on the 16th and 17th. So that's not this weekend, coming next weekend, I think. Only- I think so. Is that that rescheduled one? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think anything's um, advertised yet, but I was talking to Ben Manson the other day and he seems to think there's going to be a time trial up Mount Me, individual time trial.
0: Yeah, to be honest, I am I only heard that there was even a rescheduled round this morning. I haven't heard anything else about it. Finger on the pulse again? Yep. <laughs> yep.
1: Um, righto. Well, there's, me- a, there's, a, there's a round coming up and we don't really know what's in it, people. So stay tuned. We'll give you a <laughs> <laughs> recap afterwards. Yeah. Well, he said, yeah, he heard that... Um, that it's meant to be a ITT and a road race, very similar to um, the first round Allen Bar there. Yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, that's very, very loose details. But um, yeah, I did wasn't overly impressed with the ITT up Mount Me. Oh, yeah. I'm going to do the old <laughs> <laughs> training in the sauna wrapped up in GLAD for the, wearing <laughs> a black garbage bag for the next, <laughs> next two weeks. Um, <laughs>
2: Don't, yeah, We don't recommend that. <laughs> that is not an cycle coaching endorsed. <laughs> don't don't try project. that at home. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, and then after that, we've got Tour de Valley coming up, So, which is a shortened Tour de Valley course this year. Yes. Down from 72 to 50-ish, just over 50. Yeah, I think it's 54 or something, yeah. Yeah, so that's a fair whack of... You know, you're looking at me, man. Uh, for people who don't know, Trent's got a team and Ben's got a team together. And I'm on the Rogue team going up against them. You heard it here, folks. I think we can pip them this year.
0: No, you're dreaming. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I got no words on um, My so, jaw's on the floor with m- that comment. Now, can we just go back? And I strongly recommend road bikes for a cause. Like yeah. yes. I've actually been talking the road Put bikes best splits. So, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Let's use the CSC. I've been telling
2: Damo all week. I'm like, we'll use the CSC science on this one. Road bikes, alloy wheels... I, I no. Look. I think it's even a single speed course. That's it could be done. Mountain bike. I yeah. had, had to get the mountain bike out. Yeah, well, those landslides that are coming through shorten oh. the course. Some of the mud is on the road, so CSC might want to invest well, in some. You know what? You can throw the
1: smack you want, but you very well may be eating your words by <laughs> of um Valley. But um, yeah, that so that that's you know that's always a great a great team event too because you know with the handicaps as well. You got the the states. Um, yeah, you know, it's normally a pretty good pretty good day Tour de Valley yeah yeah definitely um you guys did all right there last time as well didn't you you won the states third are uh, third I, <laughs> <laughs> why are we even talking about it
2: <laughs> we um that, we don't talk about that other than, <laughs> that, that, was, that, was that was an was, absolute disaster what, well, was, <laughs> what happened on that day trent what were you writing I think we all finished. Tricicle. by I think we all finished by ourselves that day. And, uh, I think we started off. Four of us rode out. We had a, one rogue, rogue wolf, which you have inherited this year. So that's um. He took off and he finished by himself down the road. I dropped my chain and nobody thought to wait. So we had one guy finish, who you've got. So keep him, and then um, two, and then me.
1: I've already expressed my. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> I've expressed my concerns about this one, but so, it's all good. No, it's going to be a good day. Um, so yeah, that's a couple coming up. So another round of QITS with who knows what, and then Tour de Valley. And there's not a heap
0: of racing left this year though. No, that's we're we're very much winding into there mm. into the end of the year. Like the the original plan was for a, there to be a wicked summer of racing, like for the NRS guys. Um, but that's dried up pretty quick. Well, I'll see you next year too. I think the J.K. Herald
1: Sun's been canned. Cadell Evans' r- race has been canned now. And they were both early next year, weren't they?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Two down unders, still still going to be on, but it's going to be on the more domestic. I'm sorry, it's gonna going to be more the domestic sort of race, um, like it was last year. Nationals is our only sort of hope of still still I'm sorry still going fully ahead. And um, you talking about nationals up Sunny Coast? Or oh, like the elite, uh, nationals. elite yeah,
1: nationals, yeah, right. Because um, so. I th- think Masters Nationals is meant to be up the Sunny Coast in like November or something. But
2: first, think- like f- the first of December is. Yeah, it was meant to be on this week. This week coming, so it's meant to start. I think it was meant to Friday. be on that. It's meant to start Friday now.
1: Oh, was it? I thought I thought they slipped in that another QRTS round on the sixteenth and seventeenth. No, no it's meant, it meant to. to it's
2: meant to start Friday coming, but. I don't know they they reckon they tried to move it back hoping borders would open. I can't see that up. Which kind of if you listen to if you listen to anything that the premier saying it's not going to happen.
1: Oh look, there hasn't been any so relaxation just... in or there hasn't been any easing off of numbers coming through from down south as in like other states, you know, Victoria what 2 days ago had 1400 their highest day ever or whatever it is and I just can't see them hitting the vaccination rates they want by then, and and opening up the borders. I you know I think what's Queensland sitting at about sixty
2: five percent vaccination rate, and they say an eighty. I saw in the paper today. I think we're in the seventies now for first dose, mm. but there's still it's still a lot. I think it's like only by memory thirty to forty percent fully vaccinated. Yeah, so that yeah. that second dose is quite quite far behind.
1: I'd love to think it's open, but. I have spoke to quite a few people especially over last weekend up at Gympie uh, quite a lot of people and uh, masters came masters nationals came up a bit and uh, I know a lot of those guys aren't really training for it yeah they're not, I they're not optimistic
2: on. I think it'll be on I think it'll probably be m- limited affair though kind of like with this the um was it um Cycle cross nationals that's going to go ahead it will be just you know no Sydney no Melbourne
1: yeah, I mean, well, that makes sense, man. That's only fifty percent of our national population, you know. So you should <laughs> um, you should still have a nationals event, mention, yeah. Well, that was on the Queensland national champion.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Peter Mullins was actually going had a lot to say about that because she's was the is the champion saying because she can't defend her title, saying it should be postponed. But then the flip side of the argument was is she's already been a national champion for two years because it's been postponed, postponed. Mm. That you can't like. Do we just run it rather than have the same national champion for three years? So it's a tough call to make. It's I can see both sides of the argument.
1: I think you can't call it. You, you can't call it nationals though. Like I know they do. They did the same thing. On, I believe with the mountain biking, um, which they ran over in WA, and luckily, I think one of the guys. I, I don't know the full details, but it was basically a shoe in, or you know, a very hot contender for winning the title anyway. So it wasn't like some hack who only had to race against three people won it, you know, who's a deserving winner. But
2: even with the, the, um, cycle cross ones, there's still guys are kind of working around it. Like I do know, I think in New South Wales, if you get out of Sydney and go far enough, I think they're looking, it's not confirmed yet, but if you can go far enough north and hang there for a couple of weeks, you might be able to Mm. cross the border soon or you just suck it up and do two weeks quarantine. And depends how desperate (coughs) you are.
1: Oh, probably just be a little bit of watch his space but at the moment it's penciled in so and pending it
0: changing oh worst case it it might be a good weekend away with the non-national championships um, the non-national nationals yeah Yeah. if they they
2: postpone it again i'm four weeks (laughs) off the current date from being masters so if, if they push it back a little bit longer I think I can see some greys coming out. Oh, there's heaps of greys, man. I've got to deal with Damo trying to run this podcast and it's just sending me loop-de-loop. <laughs> <laughs> I had more hair than before we started to. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. One thing I did want to ask you, Ben, is how did you stay motivated and positive with the injury, coming back, training? Was there any moment where you just like bicycle market and put my bike on there?
0: Yeah, there were heaps. Um <laughs> no like I think like relatively speaking I was pretty motivated. Um but I think the motivation wasn't crazy high to be back racing the whole time. Um I I do genuinely and always have loved riding my bike and I was I was pretty keen on getting back and doing that, but to be honest for the The first three to four months, um, like it was such a, I guess, debil- debilitating um, injury that the motivation for a long time was just to try and get some normality back in my life. Like, um, you know, when you can't walk properly, and you know, every 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 time I leave the house, it's like I can't go there. There's there's a lot of stairs, or, or I can't go there because my wheelchair won't. Um, it's just a pain with with the wheelchair or that kind of thing. And it was, my biggest motivator was just to get away from that, was for this thing to not be an ongoing daily chore. Um, So, and it was coincidence in the sense, like a good coincidence that because it was a knee injury, the, the physios and surgeons were very much wanted to be on the bike anyway, whether I was a cyclist or not. Um, just because it's so good for knee rehab, um, but I guess was the, the big part was just trying to trying to stay. Like it's hard to say how I stayed motivated because it was it was pretty tough there for a long time. Um, but I guess was it was acknowledging the fact that getting away from hobbling around and just having some kind of normal life was. The time that took was very much dependent on how much work I put in. Um, And yeah, like I was just, I was putting a lot of work in there. Like there was a point there for a month where I had a sort of a physio routine where I was doing like stretches and I wouldn't really call them, they were like mini strength exercises, um, but they were more like knee movement stuff. Um, And then hopping on the bike and doing 10 minutes on the bike with my little... 80 mil cranks and but um, it was a it was about a 45 minute routine all up and I was doing that six times a day and that was yeah pretty busy mm-hmm. that's when you had your little Strava rides you
1: know 1.01 kilometers I'm like oh it's back on <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> I mean it was pretty admirable to watch how much you did push forward and I remember you had I don't even know what they're called it's like they sell them that I don't really think they do anything but you put them under your desk and you
0: pedal. yeah my little granny bike your
2: granny bike I think the first time it took you like five or ten minutes just to do one revolution, and then you were like exhausted because it's like a lot of back, forward, back, forwards, backwards, forwards.
0: Yeah, that was so that was step one. So, um, like for the first eight weeks, I was just in a in a leg brace and just couldn't really do much. Um, there was a little kind of half assed hip stuff I could do, but there wasn't a whole lot um, there. But once I was out of that, Yes, that one was... It's sort of just... It's basically a little A-frame with a set of cranks on it that just sit on the floor Um, and I just put up against the wall and rotate my knee backwards and forwards doing half pedal strokes and just eventually like just trying to work up to being able to bend my knee enough to do a pedal stroke. And that was... So I was doing like my routine and then 10 minutes on that um, for for quite a while and then I had a mate machine up a set of 80mm cranks so I could jump on the wind trainer and, and move to that when I was yeah had a bit more movement. I think from the
1: uh, outside looking in, oh, there's a lot of a lot of times when you're back on the bike and back on the road and, you know, they were pretty tentative those first, you know, however many weeks or months it was that you were back riding. But we'd go for a ride and you go, oh, you want to chuck a ridey here? Oh, I can't. It's too big a hill. I can't get up and crank up that hill yet. You know, like, you know, you could tell that that was frustrating you and i think when we got to that point where you go for a ride and you could ride wherever you wanted again no matter you know you didn't have to worry about the terrain i noticed that you really kicked back into not 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 getting your mojo back but i don't know i thought i saw a bit of a change in you like a bit of a i'm
0: finally there almost yeah that was like that was a pretty big change for me like mentally was mm. that was when i felt like i'd kind of ticked into what i was talking about where like it was cuz that was after my second operation when that that change sort of happened was and it was it was both on and off the bike the fact that i could like you said even though i was riding outside prior to the second surgery was yeah like i i i mean i love riding my bike for that sense of freedom right and it's pretty restricting to be like mapping my ride out before i go home to mm. before i leave home so i to to avoid all the hills and I can't go here, I can't go there. I got to be careful what I do just because I just couldn't handle any high power or anything. Um, But then I went from that to just being able to ride without feeling restricted. I can just go and have fun and enjoy riding my bike and the same as like I can, you know, leave the house, go on a date with my girlfriend um, and that kind of thing and not feel restricted. That was, yeah, that was pretty cool.
2: It's you, good. S- you say that, but I still remember one time and I think you only were on the wind trainer. It was like your third ride or something. And I come over and I'm like, what are you doing? And you're like, oh, you know, going hard for a bit then easy for a bit then hard for a bit. I'm like, like efforts. You got hard for 20 minutes and then easy for a couple of minutes. You're like, yeah. <laughs> you just give me this grin. You're like, yeah. A hundred percent. Oh, I was doing efforts. <laughs> I'm like, these are like T2 efforts. <laughs> and then I just hear mum blowing up. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. Don't break your knee again.
1: <laughs> uh, but it, you know what? I know I mentioned it a bit earlier too. And it's been quite, you know, I've enjoyed it as mate, I suppose, seeing the all the hard work you have put in. And, you know, others around you closer than I am have seen you, you know, seen you even struggle more with it and work harder at it and show that tenacity in that. But so many people just see you rocking back up at a race now and being back on the bike and, oh, good to see you back on the bike, Ben, and good to see you back at the pointy end and things like that. But everyone knows you do hard work, but they probably don't appreciate how, how much you did dig in. And, and other people who have come back from it you know have experienced this and probably done the same thing too. But it's been really great to see. And um, you know, I suppose you should be pretty proud of yourself for, for the, that journey back. In the time frame that you come back, I reckon.
0: Yeah, and no, I definitely am pretty proud. Like, and I mean, like, a what you said is it's been genuinely overwhelming how many people have have come up and 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 said something to me. It's been, yeah, it's it's been really really cool. Um, and I honestly I didn't think I'd be stepping into, you know, my f- first couple weekends of state opens and being competitive. I thought I was going to be, you know. Hobbling around at the back of the bunch, for just, a, just clinging on for dear life yeah, for the first yeah. couple of rides. Um, yeah, I'm I'm still blown away by that.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, it sickens me that you can have such an injury and then come back and still be basically not too far off where you left. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it's great,
2: it's great, mate. Really right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you follow your program, <laughs> and
1: you live at home, and you <laughs> <laughs> all you got to do is juggle study as well. Anyway, let's move right along. <laughs> Not a sensitive point, but oh well. We're going to have to wrap this up soon because Perry Rubay kicks off. So who do we like?
0: I I think it's going to be someone we don't don't expect.
2: I'm um, going complete outsider Hunter Cawslar, just because I love him. Mm, well, it's going to be wet, I reckon. So
0: mate, I think the the safe bet would be going on one of the cyclocross boys mm. on a wet Roubaix. Um, You know. Vanderpool, van Art. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a boring bet, but I'd I'd probably go someone like van Art.
2: Yeah. Or a, a TT guy who could just take clear the carnage like Stephen Kung. Yeah. Or like a early TT, early range.
1: TT guy on a road bike, right? Imagine yeah, that.
2: that's that is probably Mind blown. if I was doing like that's probably the fastest way to do the TT if I was <laughs> doing a state team time trial. Road bike. Yeah, I don't <laughs> look.
1: I know you're right. It's a safe bet and it's a bit boring, but. Um, I don't know. I I, I love Wout van and no, I'd, love to, I'd love to see him. I'd love to see him win. Look
2: for somebody that's paying a thousand to one and put a whole yeah. two dollars on. <laughs> yeah,
1: in my gambling experience, there's normally a reason why they're paying a thousand to one. <laughs> to one. Yeah. Oh, well, one thing's for sure. It's a it's an epic race in there what two hundred fifty seven kilometers and or two hundred fifty seven point seven k over some pretty grueling terrain. So it's going to be a cracker.
0: I I I do want to say I have ridden the last like 80K or something of paris and it is the most ridiculous roads I've ever seen in my life. I honestly don't understand how the UCI even approve riding over some of these cobble sectors. It's, <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> I
2: always say that there is no way this would be like allowed in any if other if it wasn't sport. 118 like, years, if, years old if yeah. it was like football or something and you're like alright I got this idea for one game a year we'll put boulders on the field people will have career ending injuries but you can't sub people on or off so it's going to be carnage and it's going to be blood and it's going to be fun
0: but people love it
2: and it's like everyone will be like dude you're an idiot get out of the room <laughs> like don't ever come to one of our meetings again Like,
0: they are because they're not you can't compare these cobble sectors to something like the, the Belgian ones and Flanders and stuff like one thing I learned from being over there the French cannot build cobblestone roads. <laughs> <laughs> Big shout out to all our French listeners. <laughs> <laughs> they do a lot of other things well, but cobblestone roads, they don't. <laughs> yeah. So it's
1: rough as guts basically.
0: Oh uh, yeah. Well, like to to put it in a context, I think like, especially the, the Carrefour de Labra, the, like the last five star section, um, I was doing, it was like 380, 390 watts at 22k an hour on the flat. <laughs> it doesn't sound very good. No, it's so <laughs> hard. It's the one race a year where
2: like the guys do change their bikes. Like even Flanders and stuff, they might just go a tire size bigger and just run their normal bike. But when they go to Paris-Roubaix, it's, it is that one t- time of year where everyone's just like, my bike is not equipped for this. Like... We need to make changes. Yeah.
1: Well, I suppose you've got to really respect any race that you see pros and their bikes are literally falling apart underneath them mid race. I mean it's well, it, yeah. probably whole what you said, how bad those roads are.
2: Yeah, Sagan's gone back to mechanical gearing for this race just because he's like when you bin it, you can shim it along a bit better and force it into gears because he's like, I'm not expecting my bike to be great at the end of this race.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's it's carnage.
1: Oh It's going to be exciting So you've got an outsider
2: I'm going outside I'm, I'm... Who'd you go again? I know, I said six names
1: Yeah I know honorary Castle. Castler
0: Honor
2: Castler
1: I'm sticking with the, One of the favourites I, I like with an art And I've got a man crush on him I'm prepared to admit that <laughs> looks a bit like me too Let's be honest <laughs> No he <it> doesn't <laughs> <laughs> Anyone listening to this Just got some visual They weren't expecting <laughs> Yeah, and who are you locking in?
0: I'm going to go Yannick Deba. Oh. Just someone from a country where it rains all the time. Yeah. Yep.
2: All right, we're three,
0: favourite and two,
2: somewhat outsiders. That's what we want. Bit of of this, bit of that.
0: Cool. Let's go turned on. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. We'll see you next time. Ciao.